I'm your host, Larice Duffy, certified coach and founder of A Mindful Journey. Welcome to Aligned and Awakened, the podcast. I believe that our circumstances don't create our destiny, our choices do. Aligned and Awakened features heartfelt stories from women who inspire me. Each of these women has used adversity to find their power and lead a purposeful life through their command of choice. Come listen with me. Wake up and be inspired to make change in your own life. Your journey to awakening your inner truth starts now. Welcome, Colleen St. Michaels. I'm going to have you introduce yourself. I know you're an author, The Other Side of Addiction, The Afterlife. I want you to tell everybody all the great things about you, and then we will get started. So I am an angel intuitive and a spiritual medium, and I am an intuitive development coach. And I help people to get out of their own way by tapping into the invisible realms, because we have all of these angels that are helping us and supporting us daily and our loved ones cross that are looking to help us get out of our mental space and come back in to that mind, body, spirit space. It's like we came in here as a whole being with all its answers and the experiences that we wanted to grow through life. And this is earth school. Like we're all students of our fingerprints because our fingerprints are our life lessons. And I have been a professional intuitive for over 10 years and I have never felt like I've worked a day in my life. I love this work because I get to sit on the front lines of watching people bloom. And it's like being on the front lines of watching the most magnificent flowers take flight. Like you're watching that shift. You're watching that heaviness just sway away and allowing that light to come in. And can I interrupt you for one second? Because I don't want to miss this. When you say blooming and that heaviness into, do you mean from life here on earth to the afterlife? I watch people in the living who are experiencing something. And we're in this great awakening right now because everything is about stepping in to our inner power and stepping into our intuitive voice. So every single one of us is born with intuition. It's like a muscle and my muscle has been very developed and I trust my muscle. So therefore, it is what guides me and it is what is guiding my clients. And when I say the bloom, it's that I remember when I was the first awakening, I felt as though something weird was happening. Like I just felt different, but I didn't know why I felt different. I didn't understand why things that I was very tolerable of felt very off to me. And when I learned about being an empath and I learned about this whole beautiful world of our spiritual tool belt, I absolutely felt passionately in love with it. And I healed my life with these tools. So it is when I say bloom, it's like I watched myself bloom. Like I watched myself be a doormat in life and be in an unhealthy marriage for almost 17 years and know that all of these gifts have always been in me. I just never gave permission for them to be exposed. So it's, that's bloom. I mean, in medium, being able to connect people with their loved ones and that's the world that little people know little about. So not many people know about the afterlife, but it's something that we're all going to experience. 
So I take people into the front lines of my office space every day. And I've learned to live in working with the afterlife because we have our systems way, 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 way off. And they just want to help us realign. That's so interesting. When you say we have our systems way, way out of line, just elaborate on that a little bit. So if you were to look at life, we tend to put other people before ourselves. We tend to honor what other people's personalities are more than ourselves. We tend to put our dreams on the back burner. We tend to be harsh on ourselves to be compassionate to the rest of the world. We tend to believe that we have to work hard. We have to struggle in life. We have to grind it. We sacrifice and struggle is a rite of passage. And the reality is that judgment's a human condition. It's not a spirit condition. And that when things are a struggle, it's an indicator that something's out of alignment. There's resistance within us that is creating a struggle in what it is we're experiencing. So it's understanding that the language of emotion and emotion are just indicators. They're indicating to us whether something is in a state of flow because when we connect with source, and this is what we are connecting with, source energy, the universal energy, I connect with God, God is source. We have that source within us. So it is about flowing into source. And when we're out of flow with source, our life is out of alignment. So we feel confused. We feel lost. We feel betrayed by life. We feel it is a struggle. So when we are connecting inward and we're reevaluating or reconstructing life, it's about understanding that what we have previously known was okay because that's the walk we needed to walk to sit here because mm-hmm. contrast offers us great information. You know what we don't want, we know what we do. Mm-hmm. It's not the world that's ever going to change around you. It's the inner world that needs to believe that we're a part of this world and having always saying yes to people. I mean, I was... Probably that, like I said, I willingly say I was dormant. Like I never said no. I was always worried if someone was going to be mad at me. I was always worried I'm living up to what everybody thinks I should be. I had such a cavity within me because I was absent of myself. And so when I started to fill my cup with me, I started to fill it with, well, who am I? Well, what do I want? What don't I want? What don't I like? What do I know historically that did not work for me? And let's do the opposite of that. So it was this investigative way. When I teach my students, I always say there's a crime inside and you're the investigator. (laughs) And we need to understand the pieces of the crime to solve it. Because often when people come through, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know why. I don't know. Would you ask yourself? So our intuition is always speaking. And when we can't hear the intuitive voice inside of us, it is showing up on the physical levels of life showing up in our shoulder stress, showing up in our weight, showing up in our lower back, showing up in our hips. Our body is only telling us that the body is the last part. That's the last part because dis-ease in the body is from dis-ease in our life. So it's about paying attention and truly being honest with yourself. I can lie to myself all I want in my head. I was pathological. <laughs> like Everything's fine. Everything's fine, you know? But I wasn't living or responding to life, okay. And the tool belt that I teach is the tool belt that I started with and I still use to this day. I've just upgraded my tools. Oh, that's so good. And so interesting because so many of my clients are dealing with exactly that, putting other people's needs first. Condition to it. It's a conditioning. If you look at society, how we're conditioned, 
to have these very structured goals. Women do this, men do this. So here's the thing. We're all soul beings wearing a skin suit. (laughs) So the conditioning is only on the human level. When I say the afterlife believes that our responsibility list is so misaligned is that they want us to incorporate passion and following your passions in life is not about the bonus. That's what actually is the fuel that creates living through your responsibility, right? We're not coming here to work like dogs. We come here to be whole. And that is the experiences that life obstacles offer us, the intuitive tools to navigate it, and then the soul's growth to move through the journey. And that's why we're here. We're souls that are craving the desire to grow. And that is so how I understand it too. I love you said that, you know, the earth is our classroom because I totally mm-hmm. say that and believe it. And I just want to clarify. So we are here, our responsibility, our souls come here to have these different experiences, like perhaps me to lose my husband. We've assigned ourselves on a soul level. Those. So before we came here, we, we come into this world. So our world is kind of conditioned to be chronological. Right? So we have this pecking order. The young stay, the old go, this does, this, this. So it's like, where did these hierarchies come from? Like, where did this rule book come from that everybody's bumping into each other in life because we're bumping into ourselves in life, right? We're, we're actually going, if you think about it on, on like a grander scale, our world, our ocean, our woods, our animals, everything that ha- inhabits our planets lives off of instinct. But uh, it's crazy. Right? Our instincts are our intuition and we're actually taught to not listen to it. Could you imagine if nature didn't listen to its instincts? Right. Okay. Could you imagine if the oceans didn't listen instinctually or trees didn't drop their leaves or produce food? So there's a natural organic metamorphosis that life is created around and we are the inhabitants who don't pay attention to them. So that's the big thing. We are part of this global kind of surrounding and it's about listening instinctually to what we're being guided to do. So if the soul comes into the form, the human experience, to go through the life lessons that create soul's evolution. So we have young souls, and that's the chronological order. We have young souls, we have middle-aged souls, we have old souls. So when you're looking at the soul game, you can historically see people and how they're responding to life and have an idea as to where they are on their soul's level. You can have children who are amazing and you're almost wondering like, who's inside there? It sounds like a little old man or it sounds like this little lady in there. It's like these savants who were just gifted with music at five years old or can paint. So they're very old souls, even though they're wearing a youthful skin suit. Well, then you have the adult who keeps sticking their finger in their socket and getting electrocuted over and like putting it in, putting it in, putting it in. So that is a young soul who has an adult skin suit. So that's why we can't judge people because this is a temporary run with this skin suit. This is our vehicle for this lifetime. So when we are in this connection phase, it's seeing people and, and that everyone is in this like very judgmental space right now because there's so much going on inside of them that they're not healing that. So they're projecting that out. And it's creating a bar fight in life. The whole world's in a bar fight and no one knows why we're fighting. When we look at the soul's age, the soul comes here and it aligns with our fingerprints. So the only two things that align in our life are our fingerprints, our human unique identity, 
and our soul charts. That's why we can never compare ourselves to anyone. We should never, oh, they're doing this and I should be good. Mm-mm. You're going to distract yourself from your page because they're on their page, right? So we need to stay in this space where we understand that we're here to work through and to grow through our own pages. You get stuck on pages and people who are out of their world tend to jump on other people's pages to fix it, to heal it. But the thing is, when you become a journey jumper, which means you abandon your I I was a journey jumper. So the angels told me that I was a journey jumper about 15 years ago. (laughs) They said, stop being a journey jumper. I was like, what is that? And it was that when someone was going through something, my instant response was to go in and fix it. The reality was, I lived Groundhog's Day because every time I would fix it, that same exact thing would just keep happening over and over and over. Well, then I started to build resentment because I was like, why can't you just get it? It was never my lesson to learn. So every time I jumped in to turn their page, the wind brought it back because it was their soul's lesson to grow through, not mine. Oh, that's so good. That is. It helps to really understand that we can be supportive of people, but we are not fixers of humanity. Like we're not engineers of humanity. Everyone has their walk. And think about it. How many times have you struggled with something? And if someone does it for you, it's a reprieve at that moment. But if they consistently keep fixing it for you, you lose confidence that you're capable of doing it. Mm -hmm. So when we are coming into this form, this humanness, our soul has all of the tools to navigate every single thing that is on our life chart to grow through. So when people are like, why aren't they doing this? Because you know what? You've already passed that chapter. They're just starting it. So give them space, give them love and let them do it. Yeah. Like we can support each other just by holding space for someone. We don't have to jump in. So I feel like I hear you saying, it's like almost like if you had a fourth grader and you had a 12th grader and the 12th grader was like, why doesn't he know how to do, tri- you know, trig? Something that I talk about in the book, it's because it's about the fact that everyone is in their own grade. And often what happens is that people pause their personal growth because they want the people who they're doing life with currently to move along with them. And what's very difficult is that is actually very disrespectful to someone else's journey. Even though it's done in the heart where we feel like, I love them so much, I want them to experience this. Everybody has their own wake-up date. So I'm awoken doesn't mean that everyone around me has to be awoken because their clocks maybe haven't gone off yet. I may be a PhD in one thing, but I may be an infant in another level. So it's where, and that's why the self-work is everything. Because when we are creating a relationship with ourselves, the relationships outside of us are not dependent on expectation. We just see it and we either accept it for what it is. And when you accept it, it means you stop complaining about it. <laughs> Say that again. The relationships outside of ourselves. So meaning other people mm-hmm. and the relationships that we have with them. Yes. And then say the second part. You have no expectations of what you expect from them. Oh. You are not responsible for how they behave or what they should be doing. That's expectancy. What it is, it's about seeing people for where they are, not telling them you need to change or not change because it's a very personal choice to change. But it's allowing yourself to say, okay, I'm going to accept this person in my life as they are or I'm not going to accept this person in my life as they are. 
And when we take that ownership of our own personal space, we're no longer blaming out in the community that is around us. Let's pause for a second. So I want to make sure that I'm getting this and, and who, everyone who's listening. So what I hear you saying is we don't have expectation. You're a witness. We're, we're a witness. Okay. So we can either choose to accept the behavior. Mm-hmm. The key is not to change it. But we can decide that we don't want to be around that behavior. Correct. And that's one of the things that we learned from working in the afterlife because here we're kind of taught to compromise ourselves for the name of family or we're taught to compromise ourselves because, oh, well, they've done blah, blah, blah. Like we're habitual excuse makers for poor behavior. And so what happens is that when, you know, someone is going to behave the way that they do, I have no control over changing them, but I have to take the ownership and control of, do I choose to have this in my world? Because someone is family, the afterlife has a very strong opinion about this. It's when we're talking about the afterlife, mediumship is probably one of the most misunderstood aspects of spirituality, right? It's not a carnival act, not something you do, you know, randomly or you just turn it on. My work that I do is a very sacred connection from my soul to their soul and translation of messages. So it is not about for me, it's not psychic work where I'm not like looking at someone's past, looking at their future. I'm sharing with them what it is that I'm receiving in my present moment, in their present moment, from the view from the divine that has our blueprint in front of us. So when I am translating messages, it is a soul-to-soul communication between, that's what is affluent language, the soul-to-soul communication. What creates hiccups is that people get very attached who the person was here so they have the expectancy that when they speak to through that they're going to speak exactly the way they did here like we're without emotion when we cross we're, we're love love is the fluency of all realms this realm and into the, the heavens so anger frustration sickness all that does not cross over so when we talk about that responsibility list they understand that the work here is so short that we don't have tomorrow is always that we keep pre-programming that we're going to do life tomorrow. So when they're speaking through, they just want to help us to get out of our own way because they know the walk that they've walked. They know their path, but they also know now infinite wisdom. They know the global universal wisdom. So no one on the other side has ever told me that they worried too little. (laughs) Every single soul that comes through will be like, I spent most of my life saying no to things because I was fearful and I was worried. And there's true fear. And then there's incredible fear that is just projections, mental projection. So they're not saying be reckless, be mindful. But what they're saying is that life is meant to be lived, not saved. But we keep saving up life, thinking that we're going to be paying for something to pay back to us in the end. And the reality is in saying yes to what your calling is, and callings come through these little nudges within our, within our physical being. And when we honor the calling, the next step of the peace comes to us. So it's really we're reprogramming a lot of what it is that we were taught. And we can use that not as a negative, be like, why did my parents do this? No, they did what they knew how to do. Mm-hmm. And everyone, if you can view it as they're a teacher to you, is to how does this influence me? How does this trigger me? And it really helps to keep peaceful. Mm, yes, this is such a great conversation. 
so many things run through my head and I try to write them down because I, um, like I'm like I just I want everybody to know I get really excited about it because I know what it's done for my world. Yes, and I so hear that because after you in your podcast that I listened to when I found out about you, you said through trauma is something is birthed. That so resonated with me because yes. I do feel like that. And I feel like I just want to scream from the rooftops, just like you were saying, oh my gosh, I know something that everybody needs to know, especially because I lived that. I lived not listening to myself. I lived not trusting myself. I lived thinking I was getting to a destination. Every day was just to get through till I got to this blissful place where everything was peaceful and everything was happy. And there was no worry. And Everything was just like, oh, you know, and Kevin and I sailed away. You know what I mean? And that was like, and now I feel like, oh my gosh, I get it. And I, I feel like I get it and I can share it with you while you still have your family intact, while you yeah. still have your beautiful husband that you love so much. I want to share this. So, so good. And I love how you explain like it, how everybody's at a different level and how our expectation of them can't be, we can't journey jump. <laughs> that's where they are in that journey. And if we look at it that way, that's kind of a game changer. Well, it's attaching with love. So none of this, often people get really hung up on words when they're like, oh God, they're negative vibes. Like they're, they're so negative. They're not negative. They're just, here's how it works. No one is bad. They're not bad. They're just in a, not a good space, right? And that space doesn't align with your space. Everything is about alignment, right? So if you're hanging a picture and one side's like this, like that side's not bad because it's not level. It's just is what it is. But this is my picture. So I'm creating it an alignment to feeling that it's level. So often, because people get really, really hung up on the fact that, oh, they're so negative, they're so negative, they're so negative. And here's the, here's the insider tip. You don't see it when you're not in it. Like I don't hold the vibration. So basically it's like, I can't really see it because I, I don't vibrate with it. I acknowledge it's there. Wait, you don't see the negativity? I don't get lost in it because I'm not in that energy. So what I am seeing, I am on a, a penthouse looking out a window and I see all of the possibilities from the top level. So my vibration aligns me to see the things of beauty. But when someone's holding a lot of negativity in them, they're only seeing it from the window that they're looking at. We can be at the same building. Yeah. We can be looking at, all glass building, all looking towards the West, but whatever floor you're on is where your perception is being perceived in you. I don't engage in if someone wants to start something, somebody has something, I'm not going to scrap down. Like that's not my level. I hold my space, send love. It doesn't mean I'm passive because I got fire in me, but I don't respond to things that are just someone spewing energy. I work really hard on me, sacred. All right, so let me just interrupt you for a second. I just have mm -hmm. a, a question. I'm just thinking as they come to me that people who are listening, maybe they're thinking. Let's say you're at a cocktail party and you're talking to this person and she's just like negative. But like you're in that, like how would you handle something that kind so, of thing? Number one, I don't go into any space without having my shield up. So I live in Glenda's bubble. <laughs> so I ask you and everyone can do this. It's Archangel Michael, just shield me and protect me. So what did that do? It, number one, makes me observant, but I don't become absorbent because I'm an empath. 
So I'm an empath, which means everything I do is through feeling. And in feeling everything, I could feel when people were not feeling well before they knew they weren't feeling well. I could feel someone going through something before it actually happened. So I would be like, we were at a cocktail party. I'd be like, are you okay? Yeah, why? I'm fine. Oh, okay. I just felt something. And then boom, they're really not feeling okay. So here's how we can interpret life. People wear masks. We all do it. (laughs) Our energy inside to an empath does not lie. So the mask may be telling a story like, everything's fine, everything's fine. But inside, they may have a cesspool of fear, panic, anxiety, stress, anger, right? So when the empath comes into that space, they're feeling the truth in the energy which we can't see through the mask. That's number one. Number two, empaths often can attract the negative people because you are the light. And guess what? I'm off to the light. So when someone has a deficit within them, which is positive vibes or good vibration, they tend to want to drink off of the purest of fountains. So it's not uncommon that at the cocktail party, you may attract a person who has that negative flavor because of the fact that you're a very bright light. And you are very polarized. So you're noticing a strong contrast because you don't vibrate there. That's like a bucket of cold water thrown on you. Yeah, yeah, right. Creation is in such a different alignment. Whereas other people will be like, "Mm, I don't know what you're talking about. Why? Because they're not polarized from that energy. For me, if I'm at a coffee party, it doesn't mean I stay in my (laughs) tent and live on the beach. It's like, I am very much in the world. I like people, but my shield has enabled me to really love people because I'm not feeling. I'm present, but I don't need to feel what it is you're going through because I can't fix it. I can't, it's not my responsibility. So you may feel something, you know, I feel everything still. I call it my spiritual epidural. I still feel everything, but I don't feel the pain. I don't feel the discomfort. So support is easier to give it in a smile or to give in, hey, can I hold that door for you? Or hey, do you need help with this? It's touching people in a way that helps to spark their higher vibrations by showing the good humanity in the world. Our world is a beautiful place. Our world is really, really beautiful. And we're going through a birthing process. We're in this birth canal and it's super uncomfortable. And we're feeling the contractions of birth. And because the old foundations are dissolving and we are now moving in to another phase because those old frequencies, those old beliefs where you have to be subservient. You have to be quiet. You have to be this. Men have to be strong. Men can't be emotional. Men can't do this. All of those things are so outdated. So like we've updated everything else in life, but that. So it doesn't mean we step out of chivalry. And that's where the pendulum tends to swing so far is that what is there was not bad, but it's just improved. It doesn't have to be absent. Yeah. Yeah. It's like updating your computer. Our phone gets updated and we we don't touch it. And here's another funny fact is that like when you're talking about that cocktail party, it's more so if you're sitting with someone and they are just draining you, you know, first you're going to do is ask Archangel Michael, please dissolve cords of attachments. Because what happens is every time people have, everything is energy, right? Yes. Everything you say is energy. Everything you feel is energy. Everything is energy. So when you're looking at it, it's like someone and you're just like literally like feeling like you're like slowly slumping in your chair because you're being drained. Really quick responses to help you. Number one is to say, clear this energy. And number two, ask to have the cord dissolved. Because what happens is that whether we know it or not, we plug in 
to people. We don't notice it when we plug into a high viber. We tend to notice it when someone's not vibrating at our frequency. Oh, that's no judgment with vibration because we all fluctuate. We're all like seek on a radio station. Like it's it's not about judgment of any one person or that I am never in a bad mood. I have people spiritually bypass when they think that you don't have bad days because to be spiritual, so many people are like, oh, I try to be positive all the time. Well, that's the problem because you're spiritually bypassing the reality that we have to work through really uncomfortable stuff that comes up and it's impossible to be one emotion all the time. Yeah. Yeah. When you're at that party, you can just say, you know, cut the cord and like a care bearer, I believe I'm a care bearer and I just send love out my heart. <laughs> like, you know, remember the old care bearer and she put her heart out and be like, <laughs> send them love and then excuse yourself. Yeah. Okay. And that's detaching with love. Detaching with love. Detaching with love. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I really like that. I, I, I think that's such a beautiful way to sort of separate, right? My old ways, which the angels would be like, Carl, oh, that does not work. It's like you're dead to me. Like uh-huh. that's my philosophy. I would literally be a doormat, a doormat, and doormat. I mean, I gave you so many chances, so many opportunities. And when you got to that last door, I knew if you get to that door, mm, you're never getting back in. You need to balance yourself. And I'm like, what? You're dead to me is not a good thing. <laughs> Like the finality of like, uh uh-uh. and they're like, no, like you learn the pace in between where you don't give so many doors. You give yourself a door that says, I'm choosing me. You be you. I see you. And it could have eliminated a lot of life stress, but hey, I learned it. And yeah, yeah well, I don't yeah, use your dead to me anymore. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I hear you saying, I'm respecting your journey. I'm detaching with love. I can't be part of it, but I'm detaching with love. And I'm just respecting that you need to see your journey through. You, If you really look at it, it's like, how many times do we change ourselves to meet someone where they're at that we don't agree with? We're changing ourselves to meet someone at a behavior that we don't agree with. So we're basically just pulling back and saying, hey, you be you. But now I'm going to meet myself where I align. and. It just makes everything very gentle because I was so afraid that if I said no to someone, I was literally never going to have another person in my life. And I felt that if I spoke up, that I was going to basically be alone. That's so good. I just had a client yesterday and we were talking about this and she's going back to school and she said, you know, August feels like Sunday. And we have this talk about strong boundaries and about worrying about yourself more than giving the pleasing answer. The way you say it is so profound. And what's interesting is after we talked about this, she was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I get it. And I said, so what's the takeaway? And she said, Sunday doesn't, August doesn't feel like Sunday night. Anymore. That is such a funny, love that analogy. Like August feels like Sunday, you know, because <laughs> think about it historically, like everyone is always, oh my God, I'm going back to school. And then we're so out of the moment. Yes. Right? Oh, absolutely. Right, right, right. We're so out of the moment because we're premeditating something that we're feeling uncertain about. But you know what? Sunday happens and Sunday's a great family night for dinner. So it's like Sunday night doesn't have to be a bad thing. And yeah. so the reality is that what you just spoke of about boundaries. So boundaries are so interesting to me because I used to say I had chalk boundaries and everyone else had the erasers because (laughs) I'd be like, this is my boundary. And everybody'd be like, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody came with the eraser. 
I just never ran out of chalk. <laughs> so the reality is, is that number one, if you tend to be a doer for others often, you're really good at expanding your boundaries. So your boundaries, most people, when they're so lost, it's because they have completely stretched themselves into places that they never believed boundary-wise they would be. So they actually don't have a ground zero. Like they really don't have like a baseline of what a solid boundary would be because they have made so many excuses for poor boundaries. And also is that start small, right? Is that most people don't realize that if they don't believe their boundary, neither will others. Often I find with clients that they're like, you know, well, I set this boundary up and they just steamrolled it right through and I went back to the same behavior. Well, that's on you. But they're only doing the behavior that they've known you to be fluent in. And you have to set boundaries for yourself small. Everything I do is in teeny increments because even when I started this whole journey, I was willing to be willing, but I really wasn't. Hopefully I'll be proven wrong. Well, I screwed myself because we know if our energy is like hopeful, then we're kind of riding the fence. So we're always going to get stuck on it. When we commit to the fact that, hey, I'm willing to be willing and I'm open. That's a way different phrase because we're not saying no and we're not saying yes. We're just allowing flow to have space to work. So it helps the energy have space to move because we really don't have an attachment either way. If I ask people, do you believe your boundary? Well, no, because um, I figured the more I use it and people respond to it, then it will be supported. I'm like, "Mm -mm." it needs to start with you. So inside, if you're new to boundaries, your only first statement to yourself is, I'm worthy of boundaries. Mm. And boundaries are not to keep people away. It's to preserve what you are working towards. I never send a memo out to people and be like, hey, doing some self-work, going to do some self-love, going to start to dance with self-love. So could everybody just back off? No, because this was my personal decision and the life around me was still happening. So I needed to not continue to be adaptable to the life around me. I needed to start adapting to the world in me. And then it became super easy to flow through life. And, And that's what the shift was. Thanks for tuning in. This was such an amazing conversation that went on for over two hours. I didn't want you to miss any of the gold Colleen offers. So I broke it into two episodes. Stay tuned for part two next time. If you loved what you heard today, I would be so grateful if you hit subscribe and leave a review. For more inspiration, find me on Instagram at amindfuljourney.ld. I love being part of your everyday journey.